Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. Look, it's getting cold outside. You're definitely going to want to wrap up with a nice sweater, whether you're going on a long run or just walking around the house going, getting errands. And best place to do that is go and pick yourself up a nice sweater off of theharrier.com. Got plenty of awesome gear. And if you use code TWN in the shop, you can get 20% off. That's right, 20% off. Can't beat that. A lot of awesome gear. So go and check them out or go on Instagram at uh, the Harrier, have a whole bunch of gear there, so definitely go and check that out. Now, today, first week back of track and field, so things are heating up, and we've got a couple really good topics for you, probably five we're going to be going over, so let's talk about the rundown of today's episode. Number one, we're going to be looking at the USATF, they might be in a little bit of hot water with a potential lawsuit, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, next, we have one of the greatest matchups that we're going to want to be seeing in a long time. Grant Holloway versus Rye Benjamin in a 200-meter hurdle race. Who's going to win? How's it going to go down? Then we have some more Shakari Richardson news, how she is making headway and doing just crazy things when it comes to athletics. Then we have World Athletic Awards. They came out with awards. I'm going to talk about the snub of the century, someone that I definitely think should have won, and honestly, someone that probably didn't deserve it. And then we're going to close things out for the top results from the week. And it's all from just one race, and it's insane. So you definitely don't want to miss any of this. So first off, USATF, are they in a little bit of hot Water. So just recently, a report came out. I believe this was on Runner Spaces, or you can see it if you just Google USATF and Nike. But uh, apparently, the U.S. Attorney's Office is investigating the financial records between USATF and Nike. They've subpoenaed their records all the way back from 2012. So, uh, what's going on here? So, as you know, USATF has a very good relationship. With Nike, pretty much everything USATF related is Nike. They're their biggest sponsor, and in 2014, they extended their deal from just going through 2017 to going through 2040, which was an estimated 400 million dollar deal. No numbers have been released, but that's what people are saying. And so, what is going on right now? Apparently, the U.S. Attorney's Office wants to investigate and see what is going on between their financial relationships and if they were doing things that they shouldn't have been doing as partners before they had their official deal going all the way back to 2014 or back to 2012. And I mean, this is pretty huge because Nike is just directly related to USATF. It's the first thing that you see at every Olympic trials you see presented by Nike. I mean, the Olympic trials happens at Hayward Field which is pretty much the home of Nike. Uh, I mean, that's where it was pretty much born and there in Oregon. And so to have this go down, uh, we don't have many details. Like this is just emerging. The USATF still hasn't even acknowledged the fact that there is a potential lawsuit. So we're just going off of a few articles. But if something happens where it's found that they had a 
unwarranted or things that they were doing were not going all above the table will be interesting. I mean, I it would probably just be like a, a, a slight, not ban, but a, a slight slap on the wrist with, uh, hey, you're going to have to pay up this amount of money through a, a fine or whatever that might be. But I don't think this is going to go too many places, but it's interesting to see, is USATF going to have to change? I mean, heck, what if they're like, yeah, no, you guys completely ruined this uh, relationship. You did stuff you were not supposed to do. And because of that, Nike, you're no longer be a sponsor. Oh, man, what, what Adidas pops in or New Balance or is this going to open the door for someone else? Um, who knows? It'd be interesting. Uh, definitely will keep you updated on this, uh, the, the, the pending thing that's going on, but interesting stuff. Uh, next thing that we have going on in the track world. So Rye Benjamin and Grant Holloway have been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. So obviously two of the biggest faces within track and field and within hurdling to be more specific. Grant Holloway, the silver medalist in the 110 hurdles, as well as a 60 meter hurdles world record. And then Rye Benjamin, who is the second all time as well, and a silver medalist in the 400 meter hurdles. They've been going back and forth, talking a little bit of trash. And uh, they suggested having a 200 meter hurdle race to kind of meet in between. Grant Holloway being a 110 guy, Rye Benjamin being a 400-meter hurdle guy. And so this is a race that I would be very, very excited for. And I hope that it happens. And I hope that they build this to be a big-time event with other races going on during this time. Because this, this will be exciting. I think that a lot of people are giving Grant Holloway more credit than he deserves. Not saying that he is not great. But saying that Rye might not be as fast as people think, I mean, they're forgetting that he was doing, a, Rye Benjamin was doing a lot of 100-meter workouts as well. A lot of people point to Grant like, oh, yeah, Grant was doing 4x4s in college. Yeah, and, and Rye Benjamin was running 100 meters just this year, so it's not like he's slow. I mean, looking at their 200-meter PRs, uh, we have Grant Holloway PR in 2019 of 20.66. We have Rye Benjamin with a PR of 19.99 in 2019 as well. So they both are running very fast. Rye Benjamin has the faster PR, and I'd be interested to see this. Now, it depends a lot to me on what's the height going to be between these hurdles, what's the distance going to be, how many are they. Uh, it's that There's a lot of things that are going to go into this. Uh, both of these guys have haven't ran like a 300 meter hurdle race since high school. So it's going to be a interesting race to see having them meet in the middle. If I were to think who's going to be the best in this race, I I'm thinking that Rye Benjamin takes it. Uh, a lot of people are going with Grant Holloway. I'm picking Rye. I've, I think that he's got a lot, especially if it's going to be over the shorter hurdles and it's going to be kind of spaced out as if it's a 400 meter race. So if there's what, I guess five hurdles, I think that Rye Benjamin has a really good, good chance at it. it. It'll be close. I mean, they're, they're both really fast guys. It's obviously a little bit closer to Grant Holloway's distance than it is to Rye Benjamin's distance because it's 110 and it's 400. So it's not actually meet in the middle, but it's pretty dang close. And so I'm going with Rye Benjamin, but I'm hoping that this event one happens and then two, that it doesn't flop because there is a lot of opportunity to have these types of events where we're having big marquee names running against each other in 
odd races to make it show that, hey, this is going to be a big thing. For example, what I would love to see would be this race being paired with the Usain Bolt and Tyreek Hill race. I mean, there is a an opportunity to say, hey, look, we're going to have the main event be Tyreek Hill versus Usain Bolt. That's going to be like the headliner. And then the undercard, I guess you could say, if we're doing this like UFC terms, Rye Benjamin versus Grant Holloway. And then you could have several other events that are going on together of people meeting in the middle or, or doing odd races. I mean, I, I think I mentioned, let's see, Donovan Brazier versus Fred Curley in the 600 meters. Uh, there, there's tons of stuff that we could do and races that I would like to see of, of having people meet in the middle doing these strange, these strange races that they may not be used to. Because I, I think that there's a, a definite market for it. I would love to see more athletes uh, that think they're really fast in other sports going up against sprinters because it'll, it'll bring in more fans. Because at the end of the day, track and field and this sport, this is all a business. I mean, we're, we're trying to create more money in our sport. And the best way to do that, I believe, is to have these big names competing against each other that can get the average fan interested in seeing what's going on. And talking about how track and field is a business, let's take a look at some numbers from Shakari Richardson. So just recently, the USATF had their annual meeting down in Orlando. And so I'm relaying numbers that I heard from Ray's takes. It's a tweet, tweets from him. So shout out Ray for, for tweeting this out, mentioning numbers that they had for the Olympic trials. And so at the Olympic trials, the USATF reported that Shakari Richardson had amassed 11 million viewers that tuned in to her race and her race alone, pretty much. And so that number might not mean really anything to you, but the average viewership of the each day and event was around 1 million for all the events. So there, she's doing 11 times what the average event was. Okay, but how does the 11 million compare to other sporting events? So it is more that, that 11 million viewers that are watching Shakari run is more than any of the games in the World Series, more than any of the games in the previous uh, NBA championship, and more than, I believe, the last three games. I believe if you combined all the viewers in the NBA championship for, I believe it was game three, or no, game four, five, and six, it still wouldn't be as much as, as people that tuned in to watch Shakari Richardson run. And so it's if you take it as the average household, the average household, uh, one in 11 households would have been watching her race in the U.S. So if you go, if you live on a, a street, go down the street, uh, one in every 10 of them essentially is, has was watching this race. I mean, that is crazy numbers and crazy exposure. It shows that Shakari Richardson isn't just a track and field star. She is a actual celebrity superstar in our sport because she is putting up numbers that no one is doing. And this is just at the Olympic trials. I mean, imagine if she was able to compete in the Olympics and she gets into the finals. You know how many people would have been tuning in internationally watching that 100-meter race? I mean, it would have been crazy. It would have been phenomenal. She is a star, a superstar. She's on these giant commercials and people are talking about, oh, she didn't run as fast as we wanted her to run, blah, blah, blah. She's 
got a huge draw right now. Now, yes, she has to compete. She has to do well in order to maintain that draw, but she has it. That was just at the Olympic trials. Now, imagine how she's going to be doing, hopefully at Worlds, and then hopefully potentially at the next Olympics. So she's a star, and I really hope that we utilize her stardom in the right way. We don't. You don't want to blow her up too much where it just goes out of proportion and it's not doesn't it doesn't work and you don't want to underutilize her like make sure that she is the focal point of USATF because there is an opportunity for us to really grow our sport here and we cannot mess it up this doesn't happen very often we had Usain Bolt I think we did a good job with him now we have Shakara Richardson and I hope that we do a great job with her because she's a different type of beast it's not just that she's really fast because she is she also has a great personality that connects with people outside of the track and field world That's stuff that we haven't seen in a long time. You have people that have never watched track and field that are being fans of her. And so I really hope that we take advantage of the fact that there are people that are coming to watch races just to see her that may never watch a track and field race again. So we got to capitalize on the fact that they're there. Um, But she's a star and loving it and everything that she's bringing to to our sport. And so uh, next, World Athletics just, just released their annual awards for the previous season and so we're going to be talking about four of them here the main awards who are the athletes of the year and then the rising star awards the people that are you know essentially like the rookie of the year awards you you could say and so the first one for the women the athlete of the year elaine thompson hurrah won it the sprinter uh for the men carson warholm won it and who is the hurdler, and then for the women, rising star, a thing Mo, and then for the men, the rising star, Arian Knighton. And so, for the most part, I am happy with three of the four of these. I think that, like, so Elaine thompson Ara, like, I personally had Rojas having that. I think that her year was fantastic. I can understand why you're going to put Elaine Thompson, hurrah, because she, while she didn't break any world records, she did do things that we haven't seen since the eighties and thought that would have thought never would have happened again because of, you know, alleged things going on during the eighties with potential doping. We thought it it would have never reached those marks again. And she proved that, that we can do it. Uh, So while I would have had her second, I can understand that. And I agree with that. Thing Mo, I think it was definitely her. There was really no one else in the ballpark for her to not win it. So I'm very happy with that. You go undefeated, win a gold as a freshman in college. Crazy, crazy. Uh, rising star for the men, Arian Knighton. Happy with that. You know, he had the world U20, U20 world record. When you're breaking records set by Usain Bolt, you are almost guaranteed to be winning some type of award by the end of the year. And so it was well-deserved for Arian Knighton to win as well. Where I have pause, hesitation, think that someone got robbed, is when it comes to the men's uh, athlete of the year with Carson Warholm. Now, don't get me wrong. Warholm had a fantastic year. And I think that in any other year, he wins this. He had a great year and did did very well. But Ryan Crouser had the better season. He just did. I mean, Warholm undefeated, sets the world record in the 400-meter hurdles, really shatters the world record, 
fantastic year and was on cloud nine, won the Diamond League, I believe, as well. Uh, world Championship, all, not World Championship, sorry. Uh, sets the Olympic world record, the world record, all of that. Fantastic year. He did insane. And then Ryan Krauser does all of that as well as doing it all in indoors. Like, he broke the indoor world record. He broke the outdoor world record. He broke the Olympic record. He broke every single meet record known to man. And he did all of that without even being remotely close to the second place. No one was even remotely close to being good to, to potentially beating him at any meet. I mean, Kovacs was second place, and he wasn't even close. He had the most throws over 23 meters. I mean, he was doing things that was completely insane. Now, I get it. The bias is the fact that he was a part of the one of the most exciting races of all time. And so he's going to have that bias because he was in a race with him and Rye Benjamin that was just insane because I, in my mind, it was the best, it was the best race that we've seen since, I don't know, like maybe 20, like 20, like 2016, maybe some, something in the, the Olympics. I can't even remember it. Like it, it was just that good. <laughs> There's so many, it was such a great race, but that one competition cannot cloud your memory of how great of a season Ryan Krauser had in the shot put. And the fact that he's in a competition that not many people are watching, it's not the most popular event, it's not on the track, not a lot of people see it, that's the reason why he, he didn't win. I mean, if, the, if Ryan Krauser did what he did, but on the track, he would have won. Like, if you, if you just put face-to-face their resumes and say, look, this is Ryan Krauser's resume, and this is um, Warholm's resume. And you don't say what the event is. You just say, hey, one person is a, two, uh, is a two-time world record holder, undefeated season, had the most dominant uh, year of anyone, didn't even come close to second place. Another person, also undefeated year, uh, a world record, you know, all of that stuff. He, yeah, you'd say, oh, it's very close, but I'm giving it to, to Krauser. I mean, we're also forgetting that Warholm did several 400s and other shorter races and did not do well and did terrible and almost lost, uh, almost ran faster in his 400-meter hurdle race than he did in these open 400s. And if we're taking into consideration the entire year, you have to consider that. The fact that Ryan Krauser didn't mess up once. So Krauser actually undefeated, not a single time that he lost. Warholm, kind of undefeated. He was undefeated in his event, but he wasn't undefeated the entire year where Krauser was. I think it's stupid. I think Krauser had the second best year of all time, and he didn't win. I don't understand how he doesn't win. Uh, Krauser, if you're listening to this, I think you should have won that thing, hands down. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to even be close. Surprised that you got snubbed. I think it's dumb. Uh, next, want to talk about the last topic of the day, and that is going to be the best results from this week. So this was the first week of indoor track, and we don't have a ton of schools getting started. Many of your major schools wait till January to run many of their top athletes or just run at all. So we had a limited amount of people competing. Many schools will have this week as their kind of tune-up and then start in January, or maybe we'll do either this week or next week and then really start kicking it up in January. But we did have a very, very good result 
out of the distance side of things. So if you if you know if you've been to a lot of indoor tracks, one of the best, if not the best indoor tracks for racing is going to be at Boston University, BU. So the reason that their track is so much better uh, or renowned as being a fantastic indoor track is because it's made out of wood. And so because of that, it bounces a lot more. And so you can get a lot more energy out of your track compared to if you're going to almost any other track, which has uh, what, what I think it's like metal, steel, whatever it might be. It doesn't bounce as much. And so if you go, it's hard to explain like the feeling of it. But if you ever have an opportunity to step on BU's track, you'll feel it. You'll be like, oh, man, this is a very different feeling. And it was weird because I didn't believe it going into it. Like everyone would be like, oh yeah, it's such a fast track. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Like I felt a lot of different tracks around here. I'm from the Northeast area. And then I actually go to BU for a meet and I'm like, oh God, like <laughs> this is wild. Like I feel like I could run a freaking world record right now. That's how much faster this is. So a lot of people will go there and you'll see a lot of distance records broken. And that's what happened here. So uh, at BU, we had, I believe it was three national records broken, and, well, I guess technically four, and it was just an insane 5K. So, uh, Ollie Hoare ran a 13.09 and absolutely demolishes the Australian, excuse me, absolutely demolishes the Australian uh, national record by over 26 seconds. 26 seconds. Now, I know Australians don't typically do indoor track because they have uh, outdoor track almost year-round, but 26-second national record. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, we also then saw uh, Gordy Bamish ran a 13-12, uh, which was the New Zealand national record. We saw Nico Young from NA... What is it? Um, NCU? NAU? I'm completely blanking right now. Uh, he ran a U20 national record for uh, with the time of 13.24. We saw Barry Keane run an Irish national record with the time of 13.25. And we saw George Kush uh, set a South African national record with the time of 13.28, uh, as well as Wesley Kip too, having the third fastest 5K time in college history. So this was a crazy fast race and I wish that I was there to, to be able to see it live like these guys must have been moving uh, I think Gordy closed in a 28 like a 28 or a 26 seconds something like that last lap which is just crazy fast and the thing about BU is that the facility is pretty tiny so everyone's super close to the track with where they're sitting and so everyone's the, it probably got to be really really loud when those guys were running and it must have been super exciting but um, that's going to be our top result for the week. There's not many others that, that could take over. I guess Zach Bradford, uh, former guest of the show, friend of the show. If you're listening, Zach, hope you're doing well. Uh, he is a pole vaulter from Kansas, set the facility record with a jump of, I believe it was 580, uh, for the pole vault. Great way to start the season. I know in my Instagram poll, he said could have done better, but I mean, it's a great way to start the year setting a facility record at Kansas, which is known for its pole vaulters. And so overall, great first start of the year. Super excited. The track and field is back. Uh, let me know. What do you think about the topics? Do you think who do you think is going to win Grant Holloway or I Benjamin? Do you think world athletics got it right? What other top results did I miss this week? And uh, is Shakari Richardson getting all the hype that she deserves? So tell me about all of your thoughts uh, in the 
in the comments, descriptions, whatever it is. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different clips, highlights, news, all that type of stuff. You do not want to miss it. And we have some really cool, exciting news that I cannot wait to actually tell you guys. Uh, honestly, I can't believe that is happening. But there's, there's some crazy stuff that's going to be uh, revealed soon, the second that I'm allowed to. So cannot wait to share with you guys all of that. Uh, have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.